Dan Bongino. I have an obligation to come on the air with data and material and research. I can't just say, trade stinks. Thanks for tuning in. The Dan Bongino Show. Well, let's jump right in because we have no time for nonsense. Get ready to hear the truth about America. When I was a young man, I don't remember it being sexy to want to allow a nanny state to control my life. On a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to episode 500-500, the renegade Republican. Gosh, we've done 500 episodes, Joe. I can't even believe that. I can't either, Dan. A it's big, fat, great. juicy thank you to everyone who's been with us from the beginning. There are a lot of listeners out there, I know, based on the emails and tweets who have actually listened to every show. I wow. haven't listened to every show, and I've done them. That's insane. I haven't. That's a, yeah. Yeah, 500, so I really appreciate <laughs> that. And uh, hey, for those of you who didn't listen to yesterday's uh, show, I did a little bit about five, seven minutes on Bitcoin. And I'll be honest with you, folks, because the show is very conversational. You're my audience, but I feel like your friends and family based on the email feedback. I've had discussions with many of you. I've spoken on the phone to a few people out there. You know who you are. Yesterday's show didn't do too well. I was stunned. We had such a great week last week. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I was talking to Joe before the show, and I think the Bitcoin thing we did yesterday kind of threw people off. I think it may have been a little too wonky. So I don't know. Send me your feedback, Daniel Bongino. But yeah, yesterday's show, when we're up, we're up. And I always thank you for it. And listen, when we're down, I still thank you for it, for listening. I mean, it, it's always good feedback. But I guess the Bitcoin thing kind of threw some people off. Yeah, we were talking after the show and, and a little bit today. And I told you, we finished that stuff about the Bitcoin. I still had some questions in my head. It was easy to follow, yeah. but I still I still didn't have all the information. And I, I, I knew it getting into it. I'm like, gosh, this is so complicated. And even when you make it like level one <laughs> understanding, it's yeah. so... All right, but that either way, you know, I'm a I'm a capitalist, and you know the price system works. And when the when mm-hmm. you know when the pricing for us is based on downloads and listens, which we see overnight. And uh, listen, you can't be a capitalist uh, only when it the uh, you know only when it applies to other people. So it's good. I know to yeah. you know not maybe not avoid the topic in the future, but make it a little simpler. All right, today I got a lot to talk about. I want to uh, there was a story I wanted to get to yesterday because it's critical. There's a an Obamacare plan B currently developing if the Obamacare. Mm. Yeah. And it's yes. And it's not good. Okay. It's not good. One option is good, but the other option is terrible. I want to get to that. And a couple of other stories I I saw of interest. And I will send out these show notes today. I didn't get to them yesterday. Uh, If you go to Bongino.com and you join my email list, I will send them out to your email or you can just click on the show notes tab at Bongino.com and the articles will be in there. All right. So here's what I'm hearing about Obamacare, which is really uh, frightening here. Right now, the thing is stalled in the Senate because they don't have the votes, folks. You're using budget reconciliation. So just to be clear on this, they don't have to get uh, 60 votes in the Senate to 60 senators on board. They only need 51 or basically 50 because the vice president breaks a tie. So you really only need 50. They have 52 GOP senators because of the reconciliation process. They don't have to overcome a filibuster by the Democrats. They're going to use budget reconciliation, which, and by the way, if you're a Democrat who's now whining, going, oh my gosh, they're going to repeal Obamacare using some budget reconciliation technique, and they're not going to get it done using the traditional path where the Democrats can filibuster stuff, uh, zip it, because that's how Obamacare was passed, you zippos. So I have zero interest in debating with you about the process of reconciliation in 50 versus 60 Senate votes. That's how Obamacare was passed, clowns. So I'm not really interested in your opinion on that. Sorry. So the problem here is 
They don't have 50 votes right now. They just don't. They have conservative right. senators, uh, you know, Mike Lee, Rand Paul, and Ted Cruz who are wavering on it, and for the right reasons, I believe. I just want to be clear on that. And then they have moderate senators who are saying they're not going to vote for the replacement plan for other reasons, basically because it's not liberal enough. No, I'm not kidding. You have the Susan Collins of the world. Um, yeah. You know, it's not a personal knock, but you have Rob Portman, and they're basically mm-hmm. complaining that it, it doesn't give enough government money to Medicaid type programs and bailouts and things like that. And so they don't have enough votes on this. So a plan B is developing and there are two forks to this plan B. Let me give you the good news first. The good news is there's a little bit of momentum developing for a straight repeal of Obamacare. In other words, forget the replacement for now. We'll work on it, but we need to get rid of this disaster first. Ladies and gentlemen, I unequivocally 100% support this plan. Let's get rid of this disaster. You can unwind it slowly so there's not massive market disruptions. You can have it unwind over the course of a year or two, but get rid of Obamacare. If you're a regular listener to the show, you know why Obamacare won't work. And the reason is it can't work. It is based on community rating and guaranteed issue. Two things that only work if you're a liberal or you don't understand even basic economics. Community rating is the idea that everyone should pay roughly the same price for insurance. Uh, where does that work, Joe? Uh, nowhere, Dan. So if, let me get this straight. If I am a smoker, I Mm. have a cirrhotic liver and I'm using, Mm. listen, there are other examples that are more compassionate that are played to the heartstrings. I totally understand that. I mean, there are people who have, you know, cancer and stuff like that. Those are the examples that Democrats are used to play on emotion. I'm not going to do that right now, though. I'm going to give you practical examples because emotion does not solve problems. Okay. Problem solving solves problems. So if you have someone who drinks and smokes their whole life and is very sick and is chronically in the hospital because they don't take care of themselves and they don't eat right, should they pay the same insurance as a guy or a woman who exercises every day, takes care of themselves, is in their 50s, rarely gets hurt, and maybe has a mild case of arthritis? Hell no. No, they shouldn't. The costs have to go somewhere. That's what community rating is. That is the core of Obamacare. Make no mistake. The core of Obamacare was community rating, and it said that you can only pay this amount if someone else pays it. It's not, it was a three-to-one ratio, meaning it didn't matter if you were 10 times as sick. You could still pay only three times as much. That can't work. The costs had to go somewhere, so they were spread to everyone else. And obviously, guaranteed issue, which meant everybody had to get insurance almost at any time. So people just didn't get insurance until they got sick, which is not insurance. That's a welfare program, okay? So that's it in a nutshell. I've discussed this so often, I don't want to you know, beat up our regular listeners on it. But there is talk of a straight repeal, which is excellent. It would get rid of those. It would get rid of community rating. It would get rid of guaranteed issue. No matter how slowly you unroll it, there's going to be a slight disruption as markets reset and start to effectively price their products. But it's nothing can be worse than what we have now, Joe. Double-digit premium heights. Huh. You have a third of the counties in the country with only one insurer left. One insurer left in a third of the counties in the country. That's not that's not competition. No, but the only thing guaranteed is that Obamacare is not going to work. It's not I mean that's pretty much guaranteed. Absolutely guaranteed. You know? Absolutely yeah. guaranteed. 100%. So, plan number 1, fork number 1 is a good one, straight repeal. Uh, frankly, right. folks, I don't think we have the votes for it. Now, the sad part about this and it shows you the futility of the Republican Party in general. Not everyone but the reason I call the show the renegade Republican and not the establishment Republican is because they really, a lot of them just don't stand for anything. Joe, they had enough votes this in the Senate 
some of the same senators, by the way, most of the same senators, they already passed the straight repeal when Obama was in office. Now, you may say to yourself, well, why would they pass a straight repeal of Obamacare while Obama was in office and not pass a straight repeal of Obamacare when Trump is in office? Well, then when you understand politicians and the hackery of politicians and the sellouts who are politicians, it all makes sense. The same Republican senators voted for a repeal of Obamacare when they knew Obama was in office because why? Joe Obama would never sign it. Right. So there was no political penalty at all. Look, I ran on repeal of Obamacare. I mm-hmm. voted to get rid of it. Is Obama going to sign it? Hell to the... No. No. <laughs> but now you have Trump in there. It's like, yeah, yeah, send it my way. I'll sign it. Um, I didn't really mean it with that repeal, man. I was just kind of kidding with that. So let's silence this talk of repeal now. So they don't have the votes, which is disgusting. There were sellouts. It's pathetic. I can't stand them. It's, I, I don't need, it, it, really, whatever. I'm just going to get angry at this point. So they, just don't, they don't stand for anything. They don't mean it. They just tell you things to take your money, to get you to knock on doors for them, for them to get elected so they can celebrate themselves with their bow ties, their foie gras, their fancy cigars, their Chardonnay. It's disgusting. I'm disgusted by every one of them. I'm sorry. I know the it's strong language, but I really I can't stand it. you lie to us. You how do you I mean how do you look in the mirror? What do you say to yourself? Like no no I stand for something only when it doesn't matter, <laughs> but when it matters I rarely stand for anything. You're a disgrace. You really are. You're an embarrassment. I'd rather have Democrats in there. Total waste of my time. Track two that's developing in this Plan B is this is unbelievable. This is where the bad news starts. I shouldn't have left you with the bad news. <laughs> Track two that's developing is, hey, we're going to have to work with Democrats now to get this thing, you know, quote, fixed, Joe. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is how they threaten us. I love it. We, we send them money, the Republican Senate, the Republican House of Representatives members. We send them money, our money we work for. It's not their money. So most of them, have, uh, a lot of them have never had real jobs. You know, they've been politicians or, you know, I shouldn't say lawyers aren't real jobs, but they haven't had real jobs outside of politics, most of them for their entire lives. And we send them our money we work for and we knock on doors. And what do they tell us? Oh, by the way, if you don't vote for a crappy repeal thing, we're just going to go work with the Democrats and give you a crappier package. Oh, yeah. All right. Thanks, buddy. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. You guys are rock solid. Dopes. We need a shirt that says dopes with an exclamation dopes. point at the end. So now they want to work with Dems. And here's what the Dems are demanding just for the price of negotiation, like just to start the negotiation. This isn't the end point. They're demanding additional bailouts for the insurance companies. Now, I didn't say that wrong, folks. Remember the Democrats who were against big insurance and capitalism and they hate all that stuff, Joe? Mm Mm-hmm. The Democrats are saying just for the price of negotiating with them, they right to get to the table, they're demanding bailouts for uh, insurance, risk corridor payments, risk adjustment payments. And what these risk corridor and risk adjustment payments are, are guaranteed payments to insurance companies that are losing money in Obamacare. It's no more difficult than that. Don't let your left-leaning friends try to tell you in fancy terms, these are stabilization payments. They are taxpayer-funded payments in the end that are ultimately going to insurance companies because the payments that were supposed to go from insurance companies that were doing well in Obamacare to insurance companies that weren't doing well, weren't enough because Obamacare sucked so bad that the insurance companies, there were no insurance companies doing well. So now the Democrats want the taxpayer, I'm not kidding, folks, want the taxpayer to come in and bail out the insurance company. I did not say that wrong. 
Look it up yourself. Risk adjustment and risk quarter payments if you think I'm fudging the numbers on this. So Democrats want, number one, insurance company bailouts. And number two, they will not negotiate on the Medicaid expansion at all. They want to make sure that literally in some cases, asset millionaires still get Medicaid, which is supposed to be government insurance for the poor. And it, people with incomes of way over the poverty line, 138% of the poverty line, still get Medicaid. Despite the fact, Joe... Government-funded, taxpayer-funded health care, despite the fact that many of the states can't afford Medicaid anymore for the poor. Now you want to give it to people who aren't poor. In some cases, people who are nearly double the poverty line. And as I said in the show last week, there are people eligible for Medicaid now because they don't do an asset test anymore mm-hmm. who may be income poor, but they have literally millions of dollars in assets. I heard there was a story in the Daily Signal about an Iowa farmer who was receiving Medicaid, despite the fact that they own millions of dollars in land. What? But the Democrats are saying, no, no, that's non-negotiable. Because that's who they are. They don't, they, I, I cannot emphasize this to you enough. They don't care. The Democrat Party has lost its principles altogether. They've been hijacked by the libs, and they just don't care, Joe. It's disgusting. All right, so story number one, again, be in the show notes today. There's an article in the Wall Street Journal that sums this up nicely. It's from yesterday. I wanted to get to it yesterday, but I had a lot of stuff. Uh, we, had a, we had a nail yesterday, so I didn't want to shortchange it. That's plan B for the Obamacare repeal and replacement if it fails. Track number one, good one, straight repeal, no votes. They don't have the votes. Track number two, work with the Dems. Sadly, sell you out, and they probably sadly will have the votes for that. It's just disgusting which means bailouts and a bigger Medicaid expansion and almost immediate bankruptcy. All right, a couple of things I need to cover. Uh, yesterday, I mentioned on the show uh, Big R Rights, and I say this a lot, and I got an email from a guy named Dan, and he's like, "What? Are, you keep saying Big R Rights. What does that mean? Just uh, quickly on that. When I mentioned Big R Rights during the show in the context of conservative ideology, what I'm talking about is the bedrock conservative principle that your rights come from God, hence the term big R rights, not little R rights. Do so you get what I'm saying, Joe? Like your rights, your, your, your oh, life, yeah. liberty, the pursuit of happiness, literally in our founding documents, that those are rights granted to you by God right. as a function of you being a child of God. I'm, I'm, this is not a religion class. I'm saying this is a bedrock principle of conservatism mm-hmm. and was of our founding fathers and our Judeo-Christian background was that these are rights granted you by God. There's nothing, this, the state does not give you any of this. Right. The state ensures those rights are enshrined in our legal framework, but the state doesn't give you anything. Folks, that is what separates us, big R rights, conservatives, from liberals who don't believe in big R rights. Liberals believe in little r rights. I say big hmm. r rights, and I didn't invent the term because it's, it's meant to impart upon you the prominence of those big R rights. Big well, R. it goes hand in hand with big G God. Big G God, exactly, exactly. Like when you want to say, you know, when you want to talk about, when liberals talk about God, they'll send you in the yeah. tweet. They'll always, because they believe God doesn't exist. But yeah, it's all it's just meant to impart upon it the prominence of the rights that are granted to you by the creator. But when liberals believe in rights, they believe in little R rights, meaning they believe that those rights are not granted to you by God. Those rights are granted to you by the state. In other words, you don't have natural born rights. That is, if I, there are lots of differences between conservatives and liberals and our founding ideologies and our bedrock principles. But if I had to sum it up in one sentence, that's it. We believe in rights granted by God to every human being. Liberals believe that those rights only come to you from the state. Hence the term big R rights versus little R rights. So I'm sorry I wasn't clear on that. I do say it a lot. I didn't realize I had lost a few people on it. 
Mm. But that's it. That's the difference. Liberals think the state gives you rights. They're nuts. They really do. They believe. Think about what the, the think about the importance of that in liberal ideology and how dangerous that is, Joe. That your right to life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, your own money, your kids' health care, your own health care, that those are all based on the permission of others. <laughs> really? Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. You know, it's because they don't believe in freedom. All right, today's show brought to you by our pals at Brickhouse Nutrition. Big fan of these guys. I um had a banner day in the gym yesterday. A little bad news for you. So I think I tore my meniscus again. So I had to email Dr. Berman, my stem cell doctor Man. out in Beverly Hills, who I adore. This guy's like the greatest guy ever. I love this guy. <laughs> really. He's like, he's turning into my man Panion. I love this guy. He did my stem cells <laughs> and saved my life with my shoulder and my uh, my elbow and my left knee. But I think I tore my left meniscus again running last week. It's a mess. My knee is so swollen. It looks like a grapefruit. So I emailed Man. him yesterday. But it's interesting. I bring this up in context of uh, Brickhouse, one, because I love you guys. and like to tell you what's going on in my life. But yesterday, I went to the gym, of course, because I can never take a break, with a knee that looks like a head, looks like a second head uh, in between. <laughs> You're like, does that guy have two heads? Is he like Quado from uh, Total Recall? For those of you who watch that Arnold Schwarzenegger, remember Quado? Like a uh-huh. Quado that came out of the guy's head or something? So I had this big... Fat, nasty-looking knee, and I did. I so I did upper body. I, I didn't do legs because my I couldn't bend down far enough to squat or anything. I would have squatted with a torn meniscus too. I really just I'm at the point in my life I just I have to just work through injuries because I'm injured all the time. Matter of fact, I saw a meme yesterday about Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which I've been into again. And a guy said, "Welcome to Brazilian jiu-jitsu. This is the last pain-free day of your life." And it's so true. Like you're always hurting. <laughs> but I did upper body and. Man, I killed it. Even with a bum knee where I couldn't push off. I benched yesterday. I know. it's not a, I'm Italian. And I know it's a thing. You know, there's the old joke about uh, us Italians. are like, well, what do you do for uh, for arms? I bench. What do you do for calves? I bench. <laughs> well, yesterday was bench day. And uh, so I got 320. Easy. No problem. And I swear, I'm telling you, it was the foundation. Brickhouse Nutrition makes a creatine ATP product, which I'm telling you will give you extra reps in the gym. And... It's transformative on your looks. Just give it seven days to load. Take the mirror test. It'll bring that. It'll it'll volumize your cells. It makes you look unbelievable. You get you, you look bigger. You look stronger. But yesterday, I would have never gotten that as easy if I as I did if I didn't have those two extra gas tanks. Thanks to the creatine and ATP mix, which is just incredible. The product is called Foundation. I can't recommend it enough. Go give it a shot. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. And all I ask is if you try it, go take a mental snapshot of yourself in the mirror and just write down your reps. For one exercise, you don't have to do for all your exercises if you don't want to keep a log. I do, but your squat, deadlift, whatever, flies, bench presses, keep a log of how many you do. And after seven days, watch again. And I guarantee they go up. The stuff's amazing. Give it a shot. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up a bottle of foundation today. Okay. Um, another interesting piece I saw today uh, that I'm not hearing discussed a lot, but it's another example of how not just liberals, but establishmentarian types in D.C. will say things that sound good on the news in order to get reelected, Joe. But when you get to the second order effects, like you get past mm-hmm. the talking point, you start analyzing the impact of the policy. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, that might have sounded great, but that really sucks in, 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 you know, in the real world. And here's what I saw in the journal I want to put out. I'm not going to go too deep into it. But there's a, uh, a brewing fight going on over sanctions against Russia for, you know, quote, election meddling. Now, I'm not going to do the Trump. The Trump-Russia thing is so out of control right now. This, the Donald Trump, the, 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 now there's a, 
supposedly a brewing scandal that Donald Trump Jr. took a meeting with a lawyer who said she may have had information about Hillary's campaign. Uh, what's the scandal? Again, I ran for office three times. If someone called me and said, hey, I've got information against uh, Ben Cardin, who I ran against, and uh, John Delaney, the congressman. All right, what do you got? I mean, I don't understand what this... It, it's so stupid, this story. <laughs> but... The Democrats and some Republicans, in order to look tough against the Russians, which I get it. They, and, and Joe, let me just be clear on this. The Russians are not mm-hmm. our friends. I get that. You get that. We've talked about sure. it. They are not our friends. I totally understand that. They are our geopolitical adversary. They have imperial ambitions. They are very dangerous to us. I have no doubt they tried to interfere in our election. Um, I don't think they changed the result at all. Uh, obviously, the collusion narrative with Trump is just for stupid people and people who believe in the X-Files and David Duchovny. But keep it up, Libs. It's okay. We'll just keep... Uh, We'll keep beating you in elections. You keep focusing on the collusion conspiracy theory. But there has been a counterstrike, a legislative counterstrike. And it, it, one of the counterstrikes has been, well, we have to sanction the Russian economy. And this is so the liberals can save face and look like they're doing something against the Russians and some establishment Republicans, too. But here's the problem, Joe. One of the sanctions involves something that's really going to hurt us in the United States. It involves this thing called unitization. And hmm. in, a, in an effort to sanction the Russian government, this is important. They are preventing a lot of American oil companies from working in, uh, with Russians on, on, on some oil fields, but not just oil fields in Russia, oil fields all around the world. Because the way the, I was reading this this morning, the way this works, Joe, is say you get a big you know, play or an oil field wherever in, in the middle of an ocean somewhere, right? Okay. Whoever owns that will break up the oil field. And sell portions of it to maybe different governments or different companies or government-sponsored enterprises, whatever it may be, right? But okay. in order to prevent everyone from building, say, different pipelines to get the oil out of that ocean, uh, the ocean floor, what they'll do is they'll, they'll work together, say, whatever, Exxon or BP, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And they'll build like one set of pipes, even though there's, say, what, what 20 different rigs or so. Okay, And what happens there is that's unitization. That's the idea that oh, we'll, we'll use one set of, say, common pipelines and things like that, but we'll have different plays and different companies and different countries involved in that one field. Now, the problem is the sanctions bill includes a ban on that. You may say, well, that's great. We don't want to be working with the Russians. Okay, folks, that's great. Now, liberals, again, stop here. And also establishment Republicans who don't want to Consider the second order effects of anything. You, you, this is your TV talking point. Russians, bad. Sanctions, good. That's where the intellectual stuff starts. I mean, uh, 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 this is where it starts, and this is where like the stupid stuff ends. So you can tune out now. But if you're interested in the real-world ramifications, here's what's happening now, Joe. Well, the mm-hmm. Russians aren't dumb. Neither are Russian companies looking to get involved with the extraction of oil from ocean floors and other areas. So what are they doing? They're bidding on a whole boatload of oil fields, knowing now that if this passes, American companies won't be able to bid, which will do what? Which will drive down the price because one of the biggest customers in the world, American companies won't be able to bid on it. I mean, if you're selling bagels and you have 100 bagels and you have 100 clients, you're going to probably sell out your bagels. If the United States government makes a rule and says, hey, Anyone under 26 can't buy those bagels and you wipe out half the bagel customers. I got news for you. You're going to have a lot of leftover bagels and your prices are going to collapse. Right. So the Russians are they're playing us again. I'm not saying we shouldn't consider sanctions. I'm saying don't be stupid about them. Let's not 
cut off our nose to spite our face. Yes, we can't do business with Russians in oil fields. Yeah, but that's going to put American oil companies and American workers out of business. Oh, oh, I didn't realize that. I went on TV and said that. It sounded good at the time. Think, think. My gosh, we do stuff that's so stupid. Again, there's a piece that explains this really well in a journal. It's not a subscription piece, so I'm going to put that in the show notes today uh, as well. Please check it out. But it's just, it's first, it's classic first order thinking, Joe. So dopes. Russian dopes, dopes, <laughs> Russians good. Yeah, I mean, Russians bad, sanctions good. I mean, think, man, just think for yourself for a minute. Gosh, do you always have to give the talking point or can someone just go on TV once and be honest? Like, hey, folks, the Russians are not our friends. We get it. But this is going to hurt Americans more than it's going to hurt Russians. Wow. Man. Yeah, I saw this story. I'm like, I got to talk about this. this. Just goes to show you how dumb people can be sometimes. I've, I've never heard of that before. Yeah, either had I. I read it this morning. I mean, I heard of the sanctions bill, but I didn't understand unitization. And the guy mm-hmm. summed it up pretty simply. So I'll put that in a piece. Uh, check that out. Hey, uh, today's show also brought to you by our friends at uh, My Patriot Supply. Hey, sorry about mixing up uh, the way that I do the ads and stuff. I just, um, you know, they pay for the show, folks, again, and they, they keep the show free. And I really appreciate you uh, you supporting our sponsors. Patriot Supply does very good. Brickhouse loves being on our show, and it's all due to you. So they do keep it free, and I appreciate you tolerating our ads. I, I We try not to do too many. It's an almost 40-minute show, and you're really only getting like two minutes of ads. So we really appreciate it. And some guy complained yesterday that I mentioned my book on Twitter. He goes, we get it. We know you wrote a book. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I really, you know I hate doing that. But uh, my apologies. I'll try not to do that uh, as often. I, you know, Joe, I'm not like the worst promoter of my own stuff. But uh, yeah. I just, I don't, I don't even remember mentioning it. But he's like, we get it. We know you wrote a book. So I'm not even going to mention the title today. And that wasn't a backhanded way of doing it either. All right. My Patriot Supply. I love these guys. Folks, you got to be prepared. You know, with everything going on, geopolitical turmoil, terrorism, the North Koreans threatening an EMP attack nearly every 10 minutes. You got tornadoes, you got hurricanes, you got natural disasters. We've seen a lot of them. Why not be prepared? We prepare for everything else in our lives. We insure our health, you insure your car, you insure your house, you insure your teeth. People have eyeglasses coverage. But how many people in our audience have no food insurance at all? I'm not talking about an insurance plan. I'm talking about actual food. Something you will need desperately in an emergency, God forbid. So I always say, you know, the old Secret Service motto I used to have when it came to bringing extra equipment, you better have it, better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. Folks, go get yourself a box of My Patriot Supply emergency food today. It is a slim plastic case. It, it all comes packed, 140 servings. You won't even see it in your closet. It's good for 25 years, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You only need water to prepare it. It is there for you in an emergency for 25 years, all for just 99 bucks. Come on, that's nothing. Just put yourself mentally at ease. $99, you can get a one-month emergency supply of food. It's crazy not to have it. Please support our sponsors. Go to preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com, and you can get their special one-month supply of emergency food for only $99. Go check it out, preparewithdan.com. All right, this story is hysterical. I love this one. This makes me laugh because, you know, just every armor cost, every day I could wake up, (laughs) every day, and pick a story showing you how liberals stand for absolutely nothing. Nothing. They, <laughs> nothing. They are liars. They are cheaters. They are. It's a violent, uh, unethical movement. It's just it's not all Democrats. The far left is a total mess. So I saw this one mm-hmm. this morning in Reuters. Again, I'll put the story in the show notes there. You know, that if you, I'm sure you've covered this at CBM in the morning. This voter commission that Trump put together, this voter integrity commission where they're trying to uh, parse out voter fraud. 
So, uh, yeah. yeah. So Chris Kobach's running mm-hmm. it, who was the Secretary of State, and Kobach, a uh, Secretary of State for what was he? Uh, mm-hmm. Kansas? Man, I can't believe I forgot that. But Kobach's running it. Good guy. And of course, they're imputing his character. But they have this voter fraud commission, and they put Kobach put out a, a a memo to the states and said, "Hey, we'd like to take a look at your voter data." Oh yeah. Uh, how you know how often they can't tell who you. It's a secret ballot, but how often people vote? Last four of your social security number, and I think it was like date of birth. And people are going wild, including that nut job you have in Maryland for an attorney general, oh, yeah. Brian Frosch, who's been all over the news like. This is crazy. The jackbooted thugs want all this sensitive. I'm not kidding. Sensitive voter mm-hmm. data. Matter of fact, even in the Reuters piece, get my notebook up here. Even in the Reuters piece, this is a quote from the piece that the, the commission, they're, they're putting a quote freeze on efforts to collect sensitive voter data. So I'm not making this up. <laughs> yeah. So the commission is now the, the Trump commission to get this voter data to look for fraud is now putting a freeze on the request from the states to get the voter data because a lot of states are in an uproar. And to be fair, a lot of Republican states said we're not giving it up either. Now, if you're a listener and again, you're a liberal, the first order thinking here, Joe, is that mm-hmm. they're not giving up sensitive data. Good for them. Brian Frosch in Maryland, you stood up for the voter. You'd be wrong again. (laughs) Now, you can disagree with the Voter Commission, but what you can't agree with, folks, is that this is sensitive data. You may say, what do you mean it's not sensitive? How often I vote? My date of birth? The last four of my Social Security number? Folks, do me a favor. I ran for office a couple times, three times to be exact. Pretty familiar with how this works. Do me a favor at the end of this show. Go to Google or Bing or whatever the heck you use, Safari, and just put voter data for sale. Voter data. Data. Voter <laughs> data for sale. Just put that in Google. Let me see what we got here. Did it before. Yeah. Voter data for sale. What do we got? Hmm. Okay, I just Googled it. Voter list in all 50 states. Gravest marketing. Registered voter mailing list. DM databases. L2 products, 100 million, regularly updated voter records. Voter lists online, the industry's most trusted data. Free voter file by Nation Builder. Ready to buy voter data? Voter mapping, (laughs) voter data, votermapping.com. Folks, again, liberals stop the, you can stop now, you can tune out. Conservatives who are interested in facts, you can disagree with this commission, that's fine. But this is not sensitive data. Any idiot with a credit card can buy this data from the states who sell it to people. So let me get this straight, Joe. Let me get this straight. Your operating principle on your fake outrage Brian Frosch, Attorney General for Maryland campaign against the Trump Voter Fraud Commission is that this is highly sensitive data that you're willing to sell to any buyer in the world, including <laughs> a foreign government, but you just won't give it to the federal government. Stop being a fake, stop being a fraud, and stop being a liar. Just tell your liberal friends... when. When you're standing in front of them, (laughs) I want you to do this. When you're standing in front of them, do what I just did and Google voter data for sale and go, it's sensitive? Say, okay, well, how come I can buy this right now? I mean, I can literally go to 20 or 30 different companies on page one and two of Google and buy. It's so sensitive they're selling it. So it's okay for states to sell it to anybody who wants it. But it's not okay for the federal government to look for voter fraud. Again, it's just liberals. They're being phonies. They feed into people's emotions. And frankly, folks, dopey people believe it. They do. They're like, oh, my gosh. 
they're giving up my sensitive voter data. They already sold it. They already sold I have it. <laughs> if, I've got news for you. If you live in Maryland, if you live in Maryland's 6th Congressional District in Western Maryland, or you mm-hmm. live in the 19th District of Florida, Congressional District, I already have your data. I have it. I have it right now. I have it. I bought it. I already bought it. So Dan Bongino, host of the Renegade Republican podcast, is welcome to it. But God forbid the federal government gets it and looks for voter fraud. We can't have that. Again, you're just a liar. You're just a fake, and you're just making it up. It's just really pisses me off. It really does. I, 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 they don't stand for anything. All right. One more story I want to get to. But, uh, hey, we got a promotion for tomorrow. You know it's a 500 show, which uh, yeah. I'm really happy about. By the way, John Barrasso is on TV right now on Fox, the senator from, mm-hmm. see, from Wyoming. And he has a thing hanging out of his nose that's really atrocious looking. I just wanted to put that out there. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I Really, it's either it's a mutant hair that's like an inch or two thick. That is really strange looking. Someone needs to tell him immediately. <laughs> it's going to be, by the time this airs, it's too late. But someone, please tell him. he got to take care of that. Get a scissor or something. It's that big. Like You can actually see it on the camera. All right, uh, so we never do promotions for like 500 or 100 or 5 million downloads because the show's the renegade Republican, so we like to do things different. So we'll have a little promotion tomorrow. I will uh, we'll be giving away a signed copy of uh, one of my books and a free CRTV subscription of the winner. It'll involve a little bit of Twitter. It's real simple, though, like we did last time. I don't like to make things complicated. But uh, we'll pick a winner, and uh, for t- promotion tomorrow, we'll give you a free CRTV subscription for a year and a signed copy of my book. So it'll be fun. I'm, I'm brewing up a few ideas now. I got I got a pretty simple one. I think it's a ground ball. Let's, let's hope Barrasso picks a winner before this that, is over here. Yo, you always got it. Yo, oh, you know. Paula loves it. By the way, your Kim Dunsoon thing was like, I got more <laughs> email communiques on that to sound overly fancy than anything. People love that. We were talking <laughs> well, about you. Uh, uh, the, you know, the North Korean leader and how yeah. we have to get rid of him and we have to, we just, he has to go. And Joe's like, yeah, Kim Dunsoon. And people loved it. I got a bunch of traffic <laughs> on that. So you always got it, Joe. You're like the perfect counterpart to me because I'm not funny at all. There's like nothing yeah, you're funny right. about me. I know it's just not. <laughs> it's just not there. Like wit and humor are not my thing. All right, Alan, you you know all the stuff that I don't know. Yeah, so. I'm the. Uh, I'm the. Uh, you're the man. Yeah, I'm the I'm the data and facts portion of the show. Yeah. You're 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 a comic relief on this stuff. I like that. Thank That's you. why it works. So I saw a piece in Cato today that I really liked because it's absolutely hysterical. And again speaks to the futility of the left there judge i'm not making this up joe this is not a, it's not an onion story this is not what is it the duffel blog or something it's like a, a fake fake military story this is a real story it's by my friend walter olson who i who i know pretty well he's a good guy he's a maryland guy um western michigan university is there's a big labor crisis going on between men and goats this, no, no, this is not what you, for all you, for all you people out there who are, who have, who have really bizarre minds, when, don't even go there. That's not what this is about. <laughs> there is legitimately a union crisis going on at Western Michigan University over goats versus men. So here's what's going on. Western Michigan University has 15 or so acres of brush, a lot of poison ivy in there, and it's just dangerous for, for human beings to go in there and clear it out. You know, there's, they don't want them getting a the poison ivy. So the, the, uh, someone approached him and said, hey. I'll give you some goats. They'll go in there. 
they'll eat the hell out of that stuff and it'll be <laughs> gone ASAP. Like you don't need guys to go in there and do it. So Western Michigan University, I'm not making this up again. I'll put the story in the show notes. You can check it out mm-hmm. yourself. Great call by Olson. I said, sure, give us the goats. So the goats, of course, are tearing it up. They're eating the hell out of everything over there, right? And the union, the American Federation, whatever, state, municipal employees, they filed a grievance because they're saying unemployed union workers should have that job instead. Folks, it never ends. The the, the stupidity never ends. Listen, I don't blame the workers. I, I grew up in a union family. My dad was a union plumber. My brother's a union electrician. I was in a semi union, a patrolman benevolent association when I was a police officer, but this is just backwardism on steroids. So let me get this straight. <laughs> you want them to pay you to clear poison ivy when goats can eat it. Because why the idea that human beings should do menial jobs that animals should do, because this is the path to productivity. This sums up the, the far left ethos an approach to their, uh, their entire economic approach in, in one story. You know when Obama came out, Joe, and said, ATMs are putting our people out of work? Yeah. Folks, the whole idea of economic productivity and growth is the idea that human labor is a finite resource. It is. There's not an unlimited number of human beings. We can count them. We know how many human beings are on the planet, and we have a general idea of how many are of working age and are able to work. Why would you want people making rubber dog toys and ripping out poison ivy if you could have those people making iPhones, jet engines? Why would you do that? It's like the Sebastian Maniscalco, the comedian. Why would you do that when he says that? Like when you reach over the Chipotle mirror to to point. Don't point over the Chipotle protective glass. Don't do it. It's disgusting. Why would you do that? You don't. That's not how productivity works. The reason we're living right now with flat screen technology, cell phones, advanced computers, Adobe Audition files I'm recording this podcast on for you. The reason we're doing that is because human beings are not in the fields anymore, you know, picking carrots and 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 picking apples and stuff like we used to. We have machinery that does that. So human labor was freed up for a higher order purpose to create advanced technology. People aren't now dying at the rate they were in really unorganized, dangerous factories like they were in the Depression era, Joe, because science and technology picked up. And it was human beings who had time to go to school and were freed from arduous labor in the fields. This is ridiculous. The left entirely summed up in one story. They were, Animals can, do, literally, Joe, animals can do this. And they would rather have human beings replace animals. And uh, I mean, you, you read a story like this and you're like, is this, can this possibly be real? Just disgusting. All right, one quick one, because I, I want to get this. This is going to be the first day I ever get through my whole lineup of stories, because I keep them all written down, because this is fast. Story and roll call, again, be in the show notes, which should disturb all of you. It's just kind of a procedural story, but again, speaks to how the left has no principles, doesn't care about the government functioning, and it really refutes the whole premise that the left loves uh, government. The left doesn't love government. The left loves leftist government. They don't love government. Don't say that. Because when it's a Trump government, they shut government down. If they loved government, they would like government no matter what, and they would try to grow it. Now, what's going on? As of June 28th, just about a you know a couple of weeks ago there, the Trump administration has only had 46 of over 200 of their appointees confirmed by the Senate. They are shutting down completely a, a functioning Trump government. Now, you may say, well, what's that number mean in context? Okay, well, at the same time, during the first Obama term, Joe, he had 183 of his people confirmed by the Senate. Mm. George W. had 130. 
Donald Trump, 46. Well, how are they doing this? The Democrats are demanding cloture for every nominee. Cloture meaning you're going to have to overcome a basically a filibuster. And in order to do that, this requires a two-day wait and 30 hours of debate. Now, you do the math, Joe. If every single one of Trump's 240-plus nominees had a two-day wait plus 30 hours of added debate, by the end of the four-year term, you would barely get everyone confirmed. The Democrats are doing this for a reason. Oh, and here's the thing. When the Democrats demand that two-hour wait and 30 hours of debate on every nominee, not the controversial ones, Joe, like, mm-hmm. you know, the secretary of urinal cakes, they want two hours, a two hour, uh, a two day wait and 30 hours of debate on him, too. Is there a secretary? I don't think there is a secretary of urinal cakes. Mm-hmm. But if there was, they would demand that. Um, it also halts most of the other business going on for that 30 hour delay. Chuck Schumer's doing this because they are obstructing the Trump government. They don't want the government to function at all because the left doesn't believe in government. They believe in left leaning government. Now. Under the Obama administration. Democrats and Republicans agreed to an eight-hour rule, eight hours of debate and nominee and move along. There's some talk right now, and I, I pray they do this to any senators or senator staff listening, rock and roll with this. There's talk now of just instituting that eight-hour rule unilaterally, Joe. Like, in other words, mm. screw the Democrats. We're just going to eight hours of debate. That's it. We got to get yep. the government functioning. You know what, guys? Go for it. The Democrats yep. don't care. They've shown their true colors. So, you know, stop pretending they care. Just go for it and get this thing done. Let's get the government appointed. Go out there and work for us. We elected these people to get things done. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in to episode 500. It's really been an uh, unbelievable honor to be with you this whole time. I mean that. I, uh, I adore the audience. I appreciate everything you all yeah. do for me. Thanks for the tweets and the emails. It really means a lot. All right. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.